Report recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. If doing this is an art form, he's using oil paints, and the rest of y'all are using crayons. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, it's going to get a lot less weak because we got a feature that was one year in the making. It is. The top five movies of 2016. We're going to go over that. Before that, we're going to get a sort of year in review. Going to take a look at the list I got of all the movies I saw. I know there has been a ton of movie talk lately, but uh, it's just that time of the year. And once we once we push this through, we're going to have a lot of openings for a bunch of fun topics. So uh, without further ado, let's get the jump off jumping. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. Be on the lookout for a tall, light skin brother with dimples. Wearing a black hungo sweatsuit, gold chain and sneakers. Last seen on Jupiter's third largest moon Callisto headed east. Alias Icy Robot. He's bad. Yep, I'm as bad as they come. Bad to the bone with a style like Al Capone. Something, something. Give you the dial tone. Uh, Every time I go to the movies, I write it down. I got a piece of paper sheet of binder paper, lined paper, and I wrote the movies of 2016. I also, I drew two smiley faces on one side, and then a weird face on the other side, but this is every movie I went to the theater to see, as well as one that I rented on the Roku. So, let's, uh, let's just go over this a bit. See what, see what we got. I mean, I did... I did go through the trouble of making it. So, over the course of last year, I saw 62 movies at the movie theater. That's a lot. I was, I was actually shooting for 100 at the beginning of the year when I wrote this list. I said, you know, I'm going to number it up to 100 and we're going to see if I could do that. I did not. I failed. So, I guess I should be a bit bummed about that. But at the same time, you know, that is a lot of movies. So, I guess I should... Should be happy that I got out of the house so much. Um, the first movie I saw was Hateful Eight. And that actually came out in 2015, but it didn't get here till uh, 2016. Then I saw... I'm not going to read each and every one. Don't worry, it's not going to be like that. Then I saw Daddy's Home with uh, Mark Wahlberg. I gave that three stars. Then I saw The Revenant. Gave that four stars. That was also a 2015, The Big Short. Also 2015, I like that. Then I saw the... The Fifth Wave with uh, Chloe Moretz. I gave that two stars. Kung Fu Panda, I gave that three mics. Deadpool, three and a half stars mics. Then then I saw Hail Caesar. I gave that three stars. That had the... Uh, that ha- was a Coen Brother movie. And I actually watched that again the other day. There was a bit of a rainstorm and I was stuck in the house. So I watched that on HBO and I... I have to admit, I didn't, I didn't like it that much the first time around. It was really, really short on story, I thought. But the second time I watched it, 
while I did still think it was short on story, I think that just the the scenes and whatever that are going on are enough to, you know, cause you enjoyment. There's a lot of funny, wacky, cool things, a lot of neat performances, and this is set in, you know, the golden age of Hollywood, during the golden age of the studio days, and that's a time I think is interesting, so I actually uh, liked that movie more now than I did then. Oh, and then February 18th, I saw Flash Gordon. I did. They had a showing here, and I went to see that. I did a did a whole episode on it, and then I saw Star Wars again. Then I saw Dirty Grandpa. I remember this. This was a top contender for the worst movie of the year. We're going to talk about that in a bit. There's another one that uh, that came in close to being the worst. I saw Spotlight. Whoa! Did you guys hear that? Do you know what that was? That was a empty Diet Pepsi can that I've been holding on to here. I'm not yet back on the Jupiter station. I'm still on uh, vacation here at the Earth base, so... Things might sound a bit different than they normally do. And that was, that's a Diet Dr. Pepper can that has Amy Adams on it from uh, Superman Batman. Because when I saw it, I said, you know, I can't believe that that actually exists. That there is a soda can with a picture of one of my favorite actresses, Amy Adams, on it. So, I, you know, I didn't want to crunch it up. It's been sitting there. So, then I saw Spotlight. Then I went to the Silver Screen Film Festival. And I saw a bunch of movies there. Actually... I remember I got bored at one point, and I watched Deadpool again, and I did like that more the second time. I saw a movie called Triple Nine. That was like a cop feature. Three stars. Cloverfield, I gave that 3.75. Then I saw The Bronze with Melissa Rauch from uh, Big Bang Theory. That was a movie that I talked to my friend over at the theater, and I, I pushed him hard to get this movie because I wanted to see it, and it was only only mediocre. Then Batman Superman, I gave that 3.25. Zootopia... Oh, and then I saw Divergent, the new Allegiant movie that is a also contender for the worst movie of the year. Midnight Special, Everybody Wants Some, and Elvis versus Nixon, all at 3.5. Elvis versus Nixon, that's not what it's called. I think it's Elvis and Nixon. That was, that was really good. If you get the chance to see that, I would uh, highly recommend it. It has who I think might be the best actor working today, Michael Shannon, playing Elvis, and... It, to me, was... It was a special performance. I just... I thought it was great. Think about it. Michael Shannon, who was uh, General Zod in the first Henry Clavel Superman movie. If you don't you know, know him by name, he's that guy. He played Elvis, and it was... It was terrific. I loved it. Everybody wants some. Green Room. Green Room was one of the best movies I saw last year. That was terrific. And then I saw Keanu. 3.5 mics. Oh, check this out. Captain America, when it came out, I saw it the day it came out, or that weekend that it came out, rather, and I gave it 4.25 mics. That was that was my single highest rated movie of the year, and when I look back, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I've talked to the wife about this, and she said, oh, you were jacked on that. When we were done, you thought it was... You thought it was the greatest movie that you have ever seen in your life. You you were so into it. I think she said that it was Spider-Man. I was so excited to see the new Spider-Man that I was just through the roof. And she's like, you are such a mark for Captain America. And he cut some speeches in this one. You loved it. Now, I don't know. I think I might actually push it down to like 
3.5 mics. I saw it again, and I, I only, I only dug it a bit. I don't know, man. Maybe I was caught up in the moment, but you know, the moment's what matters when you're, when you're actually there and you're seeing it for the first time. How did you react? Because we all like to watch movies that we enjoy more than once, but I, I do believe, and I, I don't know if this is strong enough to be a belief, but movies are kind of only meant to see, be seen once. I don't believe, like, entirely that is true, but you're, the first time you see it is, in reality, the most important. And, sure, you can watch it again and again and again and analyze it and find faults and whatever, but the, it's only really meant for, like, that first time. That is, that's the truest, most honest time. It's you just watching it with emotions as opposed to watching it with the you know, a thoughtful eye and a microscope. So when I saw it, I really loved it. So what are you going to do? Then I saw Neighbors. I gave that three mics. The Nice Guys, I saw that. I thought it was great. Pop Star, 3.5. The Lobster, interesting movie, 3.5. X-Men Apocalypse, 3.5. I give a lot of 3.5s. Uh, Sing Street, I saw that over at the $3 theater. Four, and a half, four stars. I don't know. Four stars is what I have here. I think there might be a squiggle after it, but... That was one of the top movies I saw. The Shallows with Blake Lively. Loved it. Three stars. Now You See Me 2. Independence Day 2. I, I guess it does turn out I'm reading everything. I apologize. I saw The Purge. Ghostbusters. Star Trek. Gave that 3.75. Ghostbusters got 3.5. Suicide Squad. 3.5. Sausage Party. Hell or High Water. Budo and the Two Strings. Don't Breathe. That got four mics. Nerve. That was at the $3 theater. That's the time... Some guy was going bug nutty in the theater and he ran around swinging his cane over his head and 2.0 started crying. That was a bummer. Then I saw Sully. I gave that 3.75 mics. I guess I liked it at the time. Uh, I don't know if I'd ever want to revisit it, but like we just said, that might not be the most important thing. Secret Life of Pets. Three mics. Deep Water Horizon. 3.25 mics. Now, these might occasionally differ from what you have heard on the show as far as the mics, because there are times when I kind of have it written down and planned out, but when I get there with the hot mic right in my face, I I change my opinion. So what you hear on the show is what you hear on the show, and that is, I guess, the final verdict. But this is what I thought when I wrote it on the notes, I guess. So where were we? Deepwater Horizon, and then... A movie known as Yoga Hosers by Kevin Smith. He is one of my favorite directors of all the times. And he's one of my favorite personalities of all the times. I enjoy his work. I enjoy his work heavily. And Yoga Hosers was one of the worst movies of the year. So we got Dirty Grandpa, Yoga Hosers, and Allegiant. Now let's discuss this for a second. Allegiant was so bad, that's the Divergent movie, it was so bad that they decided to cancel the entire Divergent series. They're not even going to finish it. That's the truth. So, that's one thing. Dirty Grandpa is with Robert De Niro and Zac Efron, and we just saw it because we showed up at the wrong time to see something else. So we said, let's just see whatever's playing. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but... There is some sexiness in it. Aubrey Plaza is in a swimsuit a lot, so it had that going for it. And I believe that is what draws it above 
what I thought was the actual worst move of the year, I'm going to declare Yoga Hosers. And that saddens me. It actually is probably Allegiant, but I expected nothing from this piece of garbage, and I got nothing. And Yoga Hosers was hyped as Kevin Smith's first uh, PG-13 type movie, and I'm like, I'm going to get 2.0, we're going to get her gal pal, and we're all going to watch it, and it's going to be fun. And then when I saw it, it was not fun. It was bad. And I hated to have it be so bad. I, I'd i hyped it up to the two of them. I'm like, this is going to be cool, man. Kevin Smith is the best. You're going to love this so much. And they both sat there like, I can't believe I'm forced to watch this. I I was not happy about that, I guess. It was a bit of a bummer, man. But Harley Quinn Smith was in it, and I, I do like her. So it wasn't all bad. Uh... Girl on the Train, 3.5. Magnificent Seven, 3.5. Keeping Up with the Joneses, 2.5. Inferno, uh, 2.5. Doctor Strange, 3.5. That was... So, Captain America was the best superhero movie of the year. It was better than Deadpool, I think. Even though Deadpool was fun. Better than Batman, Superman. Better than Doctor Strange. So, Suicide Squad, better than that. I... I saw Suicide Squad again. Did I tell you that I watched the extended cut and they don't add a lot that I noticed. So it's not vastly different from the original. But there are some enjoyable parts to that movie, I think. The ending is terrible. A lot of it is really bad. But there there are some good parts. They didn't take it far enough. What made the Suicide Squad comic so dope was they took it all the way. The dudes in the squad were bad to the bone. They didn't hesitate to kill each other. It was just a bad scene. This is all a bunch of villains with a heart of gold. You know, when it comes down together, it turns out all these guys needed was to be part of a team. To be part of a family. And that would be... That's what's going to turn them all around. That's the Suicide Squad in the movie. In the comics, they... You know, Captain Boomerang, Deadshot. These guys are irredeemable. But for whatever reason, they're on the missions. They're just... I guess what I'm saying is that, what was it? Captain America is the best superhero movie of the year. Then I saw The Arrival, four stars with Amy Adams, my gal. Amy Adams, one of the best movies of the year. Hacksaw Ridge, Disappointment, three stars. And Moana, 3.5, uh, Disney Princess movie, and I did enjoy it. Bleed for this, I gave 3.75. Nocturnal Animals, 3.5. Then I saw Rogue One, four mics. Then I saw a movie known as A La La Land with with uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, Emma Stone. I've heard this rumor going around that the movie was supposed to be originally with uh, Miles Teller. I think I might have said that during the review. Miles Teller was Mr. Fantastic and he was Vinny Pazienza in Bleed for This. One of my favorite actors. But uh, Emma Stone was actually originally supposed to be played by Emma Watson. From Harry Potter fame. And I think if you got the movie with those two, you don't have you don't have the charisma of Baby Goose and Emma Stone, but you have something that might be might be a bit better. One of the things I heard I heard somebody say on a different pod I listened to, it's called The Watch. It's part of a Bill Simmons network. They were talking about movies, and the guy said that when Ryan Gosling is talking about jazz and all these things during La La Land. He's so likable that you agree with him. But when you have Miles Teller telling you about the purity of jazz and all this stuff, 
he's not the same likable dude, so you don't, uh, you might not go along with him as well. You might see things differently than with, uh, Ryan Gosling, who's just so charismatic that you immediately follow him. And Emma Watson's Emma Watson, man. She is a delight. She's a treat. She is probably the prettiest girl in the world. She, you know, just a sweet-looking, nice gal, and having her and Miles Teller, who is just, has this unlikability, it's, it'd be good. I would, I would, uh, like to see that movie as well. And then, the final movie that I saw, which is, uh, I'm gonna talk about this in a minute, is, uh, Hunting the Wilder People. This is a movie from New Zealand. I gave that four mics. I loved it. So, overall, I saw that many movies, and then when... I added up all the stars, and I averaged it out. The average was, it rounded up to three and a quarter mics. So, it's a three and a quarter mic year, my dudes. That's not bad. To me, five mics, all-time classic. You can't touch it. It's perfect. All-time classic. You don't see, you won't see very many of these in your life. Four and a half mics is a, just a terrific movie that might have some flaws, but is terrific. And... Four stars, great movie, well put together, top notch, three and a half. You know, that's like your, it's a good movie. You liked it. You had a good time. It might not be the best movie. It might not be perfect, but you went, you saw it, and it was good. This is where, like, most Marvel movies lie. Three Mikes is like, it's like a Roland Emmerich movie. Like, it's fun. You had a good time seeing it, but it's not... It's not great, and you never you never feel as if you need to see it again. Kind of like the sequel to Independence Day or something of that sort, even though I did like it more than that. Two, two mics is not a good movie. One mic, which I hardly ever give, is a really, really bad movie. So we had a 3.25 mic year. Not bad. I think next year, I think next year is going to be terrific. You got a bunch of good things coming out, and I'm shooting for 100 again. Let's see if we can do it. 100 movie year. All right. At the movies. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Ricky Baker. He is a bad egg. His history of offences and re-offences is too long to list. We're talking graffitiing. Littering, smashing stuff, burning stuff, breaking stuff, stealing stuff, throwing rocks, running away. One time, he walked really slowly across the pedestrian crossing and held up all the traffic. I was uh, I was downtown this week checking some stuff out, and I hopped into the the magazine stand, and I saw the latest issue of Empire. Empire is one of my favorite movie magazines, so I grabbed it, brought it home, and what they featured this month was the top movies of the year, and their pick for number one was something I was not familiar with. It was a movie called Hunt for the Wilder People. It even sounds weird. I mean, what's Wilder People? You do find out what that is during the course of the movie, but uh, what is, what is the story? Let's try to, I want to sum it up shortly, but I don't want... I don't want to give it away. I, I want you to see this because it's a lot of fun. And when I went in, I knew nothing. And that really, it really helped because I just, I was on my toes the whole time. Basically, it is the story of a foster kid named Ricky Baker who develops a relationship with this family 
but then a tragedy strikes and the foster care people threaten to take Ricky away. So he and his uncle, he calls him his uncle. He's the man who takes care of him, the foster father. I don't know what the technical term would be, but they they go bush. They go out into the bush and a giant manhunt ensues. Like all of New Zealand is looking for Ricky Baker. I don't think... I don't think a lot happens there that's super newsworthy. So this manhunt for this missing foster kid becomes the biggest story of all the times. And they're out in the bush evading the cops, hunters, the police, everybody. And it is so funny. It is so heartfelt. It is so well acted. This movie was terrific. Let's, uh, let's hop on over to Tomatoes. So... As of right now, it's got 97 on the tomato meter, and it has 91 with the audience, with the folks, with the everyday people like you and me. Both of those are terrific. It is directed and written by Taika Waititi. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He is he is the dude who is going to direct the next Thor movie. I bet. I wonder if they're working on that now. They may very well be. So he he went from. Hunt for the Wilder People directly into Thor. And when I hear when I hear talk of Thor and how the Hulk's gonna be in it and maybe it is Planet Hulk, I'm excited. And when I hear they have the director of this movie at the helm, I'm more excited. This movie was so fun. It was so great. I'm gonna go out and give it like it's a solid four, four micer, micer, man. This is four mic. This was really terrific. I would Recommend seeing it. I think you can get it on Google Play. I think you can get it on Vudu. It says right here on, uh, you can watch it right now on Vudu. Fandango. Fandango. I said it like the guy in the WWF. Fandango now and iTunes or Amazon. So just go and check it out. You will, uh, you'll really like it. It has some cool original songs. There is like a bit of New Zealand slang that is kind of, I don't want to say it's hard to follow, but it is... It is, you know, sometimes their accents are hard to wade through, but you do get used to it after a minute. It's not that far off like an Australian accent, but they do have, they have some different slang than I was used to hear. Uh, this word scucks, the whole time they're talking about scucks life, scucks life. And I think, I think it means just, you know, being cool, being gangster, just being out there, being real, you know, just doing your thing, you know, scucks life. Pow, pow. But uh, at any rate, just... Just check it out, man. You will, you'll definitely like it. Hunt for the Wilder People for Mikes. This is Don Fry, and you're listening to Toys R Us Report. Touch it down, I'll kill you. Automobiles, motorcycles, and bicycles must meet all visibility standards if driven at night. It's important for pedestrians to be seen. A public service message from AAA and Channel 4. You can help to conserve energy. The Dukes of Hazard will not be televised this evening in order that we may bring you the following special presentation. Here it is. One year on 65 movie down the hatch. The IC Robots Radio. Official. Top 5 movies of 2016. All right, here we are. We have made it this far. It is the top five movies of 2016 there has been so many movies down the hatch but 
We've already learned about just every single one of them. So this is it, man. These are the ones that I have deemed to be the best. I want to say one thing before we before we dig into it. I I just saw Wilder People like the other day, and it is so fresh in my memory. I am so jazzed on the energy of Ricky Baker and his Skuck's life that I I don't know. I am not I'm not gonna list Wilder People this year and just because I don't know if I feel so great about it because it's new or because it's great. Obviously it is great, but I I just don't know. So I have decided to disqualify it from this year, but feeling as if I do right now, I would, it's going to be two, three, maybe even number one. This movie was great, but I gotta, I don't know if I'm reading my emotions right as of right now. So we're going to go with the list, how I had it before I saw Ricky Baker. So with all that said, that's like the fine print, the legal fine print. Let's find out what was what was number five. Number five. How do you feel, Chad? I'm so happy. So did you figure out your next fight? How much time until I can fight again? I can't say with any certainty you're going to walk again. Where are you going? Come in. I can't do this. I'm gonna fight again. What are you trying to prove, man? This is what I do. I'm not done yet. Show me how you live. Show me how you fight. Show me who you are. Bleed for this. Rated R. Bleed for this is a biopic of 80s boxer Vinny Pazienza that stars my main man, Miles Teller, as the Pasmanian devil himself, Vinny Paz. Uh... During the during the heyday of his career, he has a car accident. He breaks his neck. This is this is his story of his fight back to the top. I I really enjoyed this. I thought there were there were some important life lessons in it. A movie like this is always going to have life lessons, but I thought the lesson that they gave you about how it is that easy, about how it is that easy to undertake things to get things done. It's just a matter of doing it. I thought that was really, really crucial. Uh, and it's crucial for everybody at every time. You know, it's not that easy is not the truth. The truth is it is in fact that easy, but I, I like this. I felt that it was aimed directly at me. It's an eighties boxing movie. I am an eighties boxing fanatic. Uh, I, I followed the career of Vin- Vinnie Paz. I followed this story. So I, I thought like, this movie's starring, like, one of your favorite actors, and it's about one of your favorite subjects, one of your favorite dudes, so what's not to like? If you're me, if you happen to be Icy Robots, this is one for you, number five movie of the year, Bleed for This, starring Miles Teller. Number four. Gentlemen, you're trapped. It won't end well. What do we do? Get ready to run. They're everywhere. I shoot who's left. I can't die here. So don't. 
My number four movie of the year is a movie known as Green Room. Green Room is a survival horror movie in which a small-time small punk band is trapped inside of inside of a green room behind the uh, behind the scenes after a show when they witness a murder and then they have to survive amongst these uh, these skinheads who are determined to take them out. For what they have witnessed, it stars Anton Yelchik, the late Anton Yelchik. Man, that is such a tragedy. The dude was really coming into his own as an actor when he passed away this past year. If you think about it, he had he had this movie and Star Trek out at the same time, and this one this one was a smaller kind of indie indie darling, and then Star Trek was like the movie of the summer. So our man had you know he had the whole world in the palm of his hands when he passed, and that's. That's a tragedy, and let's see, who else was in this? There was also uh, Imogen Poots, who I, I enjoy a lot, and then the leaders of, the leader of the skinhead group was played by Patrick Stewart, who you might know as uh, John Luke Picard from Star Trek Next Generation, and dude is really great in this as the uh, wizened old skinhead leader. He He's the one who orchestrates all the moves, basically... The, the group that we're following are stuck inside the green room and these skinheads are doing everything they can do to get them out. They send dogs in. They try to bust down the door. They, they do all kinds of stuff and our guys have to fight back it's in just a million different brutal ways. This movie is violent. It is. It's scary and it is just downright good. It is, I think, at like 90% on Tomatoes right now. When I saw it... I thought this might be number one or number two, but some good things came out this year after. Um, this is another one that I called my pal over at the theater. I heard I heard some reviews for this, and I really wanted to see it, so I called my guy up, and I said, Hey, come on. Please. Please, please, please get this movie Green Room. And he got it, and I'm glad he did. I saw it. It was exciting. Let's, uh, let's pop this tape in here, and we will see what is... Number three on the list of the top movies of the year. Number three. We have a mission for you. Ready? Be with us. Ready PG-13. Get your tickets now. The number three movie, as far as I am concerned, is a movie known as Rogue One. It's uh it's the latest in this thing called Star Wars. I know I don't know if you know about that. Do you do you ever do you ever think that it's like entirely possible that Star Wars, it is probably true. Star Wars is the most popular thing in the world. That's cool though. Because Star Wars is cool, and Star Wars is fun, and this one, this was one of the better Star Wars movies. Now, I don't know, I don't know if I enjoyed it more than Force Awakens. That was, that movie was just like, like sunlight. It was just enjoyable. The, the characters are great. Uh, Rey, Rey is just such a fantastic character. She might be my favorite character in all of Star Wars, and she made... She made The Force Awakens so great, and I don't know, I don't know if Force Awakens is better as a movie 
than Rogue One. I know I enjoyed it more, but Rogue One, man, is fantastic. And when all the chips are down and everything is said, it might be better than The Force Awakens as far as, you know, just as a story, as like a standalone story, as a sci-fi movie, but I don't know. You know, when, when you have two great things like that and you can't decide which is better, I think that means you're in... You're in a good spot. You're in a good spot in life. Rogue One is the story of the rebel crew that steals the plans for the Death Star that eventually leads to the Death Star's destruction. Spoilers, I guess. If you haven't seen a movie that came out nearly, like, what, 40 years ago? I know not. But, um, this is... This is a prequel, and it is done... It's done right. It is just a great war movie with a lot of action, a lot of cool characters, and while I have not yet seen it again, by this point I had already seen Force Awakens two, maybe three times, and I haven't gone back to Rogue One. It's it's a bit dark, and that's good. This is similar in that dark tone to uh, Empire, which we all know is the greatest Star Wars movie of all the Star Wars movie. This one stars Felicity Jones... And Diego Luna from, uh, what was he, an E2 Mama Tambien, something, something of that sort, I, I believe it was. Both of them are kind of, kind of terrific. They're both, you know, sort of art house movie actors, and they, they add a lot to this. A lot of the seriousness comes from these two, and from just, you know, the style of acting that they do. It's a cool movie, a lot of great effects. The battle at the end is a land battle, and it's just terrific you you have to see it if you haven't already if you haven't seen it already i i feel bad for you son i got 99 problems and not seeing rogue one should not be one go see it go see it right now if you haven't man just do it you know just go see a matinee we have this we have this deal here at town on sundays all movies at the theater are six bucks and i i look at that and i go man there's no excuse for you not to see a movie you want to see when you can get in for six dollars you can you can save that up over the course of a week. I know you can. And I believe in you, man. I believe in you. Go see Rogue One. Go see it right now. It was my third best movie of the year. Let's uh let's keep going forward and we'll see what was what was number two. Number two. It's Christmas. Yeah, I see the decorations. One, two, three, four. This holiday season, La La Land is the most acclaimed movie of the year. What are you doing right now? Nothing. I'll see you in the movies. La La Land. Rated PG-13. Now playing select cities. Everywhere Christmas Day. The number two movie of the year was La La Land. I enjoyed this so much. We talked about this earlier. It might have been a better movie if it starred Miles Teller and Emma Watson, but be that as it may, it was terrific on its own. There are so many fun musical numbers. There's fun dancing, fun singing. I I myself love a musical, and I left this one... I left this one feeling happy, man. I've gone back and played a bunch of the songs many, many, many times. The... The opening number is, it's so much fun. It's all these people who are trapped on the LA highways. If you've ever been to LA, the the traffic is just, it's horrible. And these people are all stuck and they get out and they dance. And it's just, 
just a rousing number. This one stars Emma Stone and uh, the baby goose himself, Ryan Gosling. And each one is the is the human equivalent of a puppy. They're both so adorable. They're both so sweet. And you can't help... You can't help but fall in love with them as a couple during the course of this movie. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. If you don't like musicals, avoid it. Because I know some people... I know it's not some people's things. I really... I really like it because you get a movie and you get good acting. And then you also get, you know, original songs and dancing. And each one of these songs is, you know, like a full idea of itself. So you're getting the idea of a story. Then you're getting the idea of a song and the art of the dance. So you're getting, you're actually getting more for your money than a normal movie. But I can see how some people don't like them. I can see how, you know, the singing and the dancing kind of takes you out of the story and what's going on, but to me, it adds to it. I enjoy it. I I left this one feeling great. I already said that, and I would see it again. I look forward to seeing it again. Maybe not, you know, the entire thing all the way through. I might just skip to the musical numbers because they're all really fun. Emma Stone has this song at the end. She's doing an audition, and she sings this song about how it's just how hard it is, you know, to go out there and put your heart on the line and not get picked, and man... This isn't fun. It will bring a tear to your eye. So it's just, man, this was a good movie. And I know there, at first, everybody was in love with it. And there has been some backlash against it. And that's just, that's just the way things are. I I firmly stand behind this movie. If you have, If you have warmth and you have love in your heart, go see it. Maybe take a date. We took uh, 2.0. We saw it on Christmas. We all had a great time. Number two, La La Land, and now, here we are. We will soon find out what, what did your boy, what did I see robots think was the best movie of the year? Here is the official I See Robots best movie of 2016. We need to form a band. Experience a heart-melting romance. It's all about the girl, isn't it? I think she's just amazing. That hits all the right notes. Not exactly the Beatles, is it? You can't help but fall in love with the feel-good film of the year. What are you all wearing? Yeah, we're just working that out. Sing Street in theaters April 15th. This one right here was never in doubt. I knew when it came out, I said, this is it, dude. This is the number one movie that I will see this year. We went to the uh, to the $3 theater. It was me the wife, and good old 2.0, and we all thought this movie was terrific. That, that never, ever happens. Hold on one sec, my, uh, my headphones are coming loose. Let me pop those back on. Sing Street is a story of, of a kid who lives in Ireland in the 80s, and he and his friends form a band, mainly, mainly so he can get the attention of a girl that he likes, a girl that is out of his league, and... What makes this movie so terrific is, first off, it's the 80s. And you get to see the band transform from this band, from Duran Duran, into The Cure, into this, into that. Each time he hears new music, he, like, switches the band up and they play in this style. It is so terrific. They cover just all the top 80s style during the course of this. And I'm always one... One who enjoys a throwback, and I know that you are also the same, or else you wouldn't be here. And if you want one, man, this is it. Sing Street is, it is a rousing good time. I felt so 
happy and so excited. When when I started formulating this list, it was initially uh, Sing Street was number one. It was always number one, but number two was Green Room. And then as the year went along, I I started thinking, you know, I'm going to pick a movie that makes me feel good over a movie that makes me feel bad any time. So doesn't that mean that Sing Street and La La Land and Rogue One are all above Green Room? And that might be that might be a uh, controversial decision because the way a movie makes you feel shouldn't really affect what you think about the construction of the movie. But I, when 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 I left this, I I felt like I could take on the world. At the end of the movie, the guy pulls off an act of bravery that left me just feeling alive and exhilarated and it's not all the time that you feel that way and I I had to give it up to this movie for doing that and I had to give it up to La La Land for doing that too and also for Rogue One for doing that too if you leave feeling like a braver person like a bigger man that is that's just something man that's something that you have to give credit to Sing Street is terrific you you can see it right now on netflix if you have that it's it's available it's one of the new releases i've watched it a few times since i've watched some of the musical numbers since and this movie this movie is still as good as the first time i saw it after i saw it um 2.0 took her two pals to see it the very next day and they all fell in love with it and since then She's played her DVD for other friends, and they've fallen in love with it too. This movie is great. I I can't say enough good things about it. I really think that the title of the year is deserved. So, Sing Street, I give it up to you. The top movie of 2016. Let's move into the final segment of the show. The Toys R Us report itself. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us Report. Alright, it is me, Icy Robots, and we are we are at the end of the line, as it were, at the end of the show, as it were, but I'm not gonna leave you guys without without one more tale. This uh this past week it was it was New Year's Day and there was a uh, a flea market over at over at the veterans building where it normally is, and I didn't want to go. It was cold, and I didn't think anyone... I didn't think anybody was going to be out there. Just because it was cold, and it was a holiday, but... But the old wife is like, hey, you know, let's be persistent. Let's go down there. What are we doing anyway? We're not doing anything. Why don't we just go and check it out? So I said, alright. So, we headed out there, and there was... Man, maybe, like, ten vendors at the most. And it was just kind of the regulars, not anything special, so... I wasn't expecting much, and we are, we're walking around a lot, and I see, uh, one of our pals, a, uh, flea market pal of ours named Ezra, he, he's actually pals with the wife, she is, she's good friends with his, uh, his special lady, so, over the course of time, you know, we've become friends with him, so we see him, he, 
He's a collector of, like, rockabilly stuff and hot rod stuff and, you know, things of that sort. Car memorabilia, he likes, like, car club stuff and things like that. So, we see dude, and he goes, hey, uh, I see robots. Uh, see down there? And he points, like, way down, down the way. He goes, some guy over there has, he has some toys. They, they seem to be, you know, like, old toys. Like, uh, like that kind of stuff that you like. So, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it seems like a hot tip, but a lot of these things don't pay off because people don't really know, like, the intricate nature of what you collect as well as, as well as you do, of course. But, I, I, I look down the way and I see two people. I see, uh, this guy, Danny. Danny's one of the cooler guys in town. He has a cool bike, he always has cool clothes, and he's a collector of various, you know, retro 80s kind of stuff. But then I see this other guy. That gets me wary. This guy is known as the Pizza Eating Champ. You may have heard me refer to him as such before. He he has that name because he carries a messenger bag and it has a button that says the Pizza Eating Champ. But this guy, this guy's a toy collector of some local renown. I know this guy. He's bought stuff for me before, uh, like at flea markets and whatever. And I see him at just all all the toy shows, and I'm like, dang it! If the Pizza Eating Champ is there ahead of me, there's not much hope for me to get anything. So. I, you know, I was kind of, kind of forlorn, but I headed down there anyway, and when I got there, I was, I, I was just blown away. There was just G.I. Joe stuff, G.I. Joe vehicles, G.I. Joe parts, and there were like D&D books, you know, Dungeons and Dragons books, and D&D miniatures, and just all kinds of cool stuff like that. You know, like, I, I love G.I. Joe, it's one of my favorites, and uh, the time is passing, like, every year time passes, and as we get further and further away from when G.I. Joe actually came out, I feel like the odds of you making a G.I. Joe score are less and less. I haven't, I haven't, like, had a big G.I. Joe score in many a while, like, I'll find a thing here and there, but I haven't, it's been a while since I got a bunch of stuff at once, but man, this guy had so many things, and most of it was broken vehicles and broken parts that were just in disarray. So I spent time, like, digging through everything and putting things together and gathering up stuff. And I got, like, I got this big bin of a, of a stuff that I wanted. And amongst it was, like, G.I. Joes and vehicles and broken figures and stuff like that. And then there was, like, a big bin full of uh, collector cards. I like cards. I've kind of gotten into that lately. I've started collecting, like, wrestling cards, and I saw, uh, there were some cards in this bin, as well as, like, Tron cards and things like that. So, I threw that in as well, and I went to the guy, and the guy was somebody that I know from, from the dig. It's a dig, he's pretty aggressive, but when you deal with him as far as, you know, making purchases and stuff, he's a pretty reasonable guy. He just wants to sell stuff. He's not, he's not out there, like, looking to gouge you or whatever. He just, you know, he wants money for his stuff. He wants to turn a profit. He doesn't doesn't have an attachment to it like some people do. So I present him with all these uh all these G.I. Joe stuffs and he speaks Spanish and this is this is a ploy that we'll use sometime. I had the uh I had the wife negotiate with him because she is also fluent in the language of uh Espanol. It kind of I feel as if it kind of ingratiates you, you know, with uh with somebody, you know, speaking their native tongue. This is one thing I've learned over over the years and I'm going to tell you this too. One way that, and this is having been there and having relatives, uh, one way in which the Mexican culture differs from the American culture is we are 
very rule oriented. You know, things are by the book, by the rules. Over in Mexico, they are more relationship oriented. It's kind of, it's not about the rules. It's about who you know. So if you can do something to try to create like a personal relationship, it helps. So when there is an opportunity for her to, you know, flex her Spanish and when it's appropriate, we'll use it. It, it usually pays off. This time, this time I'm not so sure because dude did know that he had some cool stuff. People, people see things from the 80s and they automatically, you know, add, add zeros to the end. But we presented dude with stuff and at first he wanted 50 bucks and we talked him down to 30 bucks. And in talking him down, I said, well, I'll pay 30 if you uh, throw these in. And I grabbed a couple packs of, uh, Grenadier uh, miniatures, you know, the, like, lead miniatures you would use when you would uh, play Dungeons & Dragons back in the day. I got, I got a couple boxes of those that were sealed, and I liked those, and as it turned out, they were uh, kind of the most valuable things in the whole box. When I came home, you know, I sorted through everything, and I'll, I'll go over what I got in a sec, but it turned out that these, these miniatures, you know, sell for, like, 75 or 100 bucks, which is cool, so... I'm going to flip those and automatically make a profit on my purchase, which is, that's always the best. It's really cool when you find some stuff that you want, but then there's like a piece you don't so much want. You can sell it and turn a profit while also, you know, adding to your collection. But uh, let's see what I got in this box. Hold on. I got to, I'm going to have to reach over here one sec. I got, I got an awe striker. That's like a Jeep, but that's missing the main gun. I got a polar bear. Um, that's a, you know, like a, like a snowmobile, like a snow machine. And then I got a bunch of parts, like random action figure parts, like half figures. And I always, I, I like these because you never know when you're going to be able to actually put something together. Like it might be that you have, you have the legs from a previous purchase. And then when you get like your new bag of parts, there are in fact the other parts in there that you need, which is like, you know, that's always fun. It's like putting putting a puzzle together. I got that. I got this. I got a uh, MMS. That is the mobile missile system. And that's cool because that's like a G1 uh, playset. It has like three missiles that launch off and you can tow it behind one of the Jeeps. I'm, I'm still a bit away from the microphone. I apologize. I got an MMS. I got, oh, I got some figures. I got a battle android trooper. I'm really jacked about that because he had a... Uh, all three of his weapons, and he has his uh, lenticular part in the front. He's totally complete. He's totally great. His O-ring, rather, was busted. So I had to go to the store and take care of that. But I was happy to do it. I got Clutch. The uh, No, I didn't, I didn't get Clutch. I got Breaker. Breaker, the communications officer. And he has, he has a straight arm. At first, G.I. Joe's only had like a straight arm. It could only bend at the elbow. They later added like a... A piece in the forearm so it could rotate and the first series straight arm ones are pretty well sought after I got breaker and he um he's better than the breaker that I have so I'm going to take him and I'm going to sell him too um actually I'm gonna, what I meant to say is I'm going to sell the one that I had previously and replace him with this one and then I got a uh, 1982 Cobra Commander with his gun. Now this one's neat because at this time Cobra Commander was only a mail away figure. You had to send in five uh five flag points and get him. So he's he's pretty well sought after and this one's in nice shape, but the one that I already have is nicer. So I'm going to go and sell that one. I'm hoping to get maybe like 40 bucks for it, which is cool. I'm turning a nice profit on this box. Um 
Uh, let's see, what else did I get? Oh, I got Zartan with his Swamp's gear. Man, I love Zartan. I remember getting a... He was a mail away at first, too, and I was so geeked on this guy. Just the way... He is Cobra's master of disguise. He's a ninja, and he has this... This, like, super ability to, um, change the color of his skin if you leave him out in the sun. And at the time, this was just the coolest, uh, G.I. Joe feature ever. And another thing he had really, that was really neat, was he had a backpack. And inside of the backpack, there was a mask that he could slide over his face. And at the time, to me, this was, like, cutting edge. I couldn't believe how dude had an actual mask. And I got Zartan, and I got the Swamp Skier. The Swamp Skier is missing one piece. It's missing the, um... What it was, was you could take it apart and put it inside this bin, and Zartan would wear the mask, and he'd pretend like he was, like, a junk salesman. And I'm missing the rope that he would use to pull the, uh, swamp skier in the junk bin, but I've looked online, you can get it for, like, two or three dollars, so I'm gonna do that. He didn't come with his mask, but in going through my, you know, pieces and parts, I found the mask. I had it. I don't have the backpack, but I did have the gun. And I had the mask, and I think you can get the backpack for, you know, only a couple dollars, too. So I'm going to do that after a while. Overall, this was, this was a pretty fun G.I. Joe haul. I got the Battle Android Trooper, I got Cobra Commander, I got Breaker, I got, um, a Crimson Guard Officer, and it was cool because I already had his backpack and his gun, so he's now complete. I got, um, I got Barbecue. I like Barbecue a lot. I got a... I might have told this story before. He was he was like a super sought-after figure for me. I keep saying sought-after, and I apologize. But he was somebody I was really into. I remember seeing him on the back of the of the card, and I wanted him so bad. And finally, I found him at the uh, Ben Franklin's down the street. The Ben Franklin's is now uh, Stan Bennett's gym, but it used to be where we would go get toys. And I got him there one day, and I brought him home. And this happened to be the weekend where my uncle and my baby cousin were coming to visit. And... My mom was like, why don't you share your toy with your baby cousin? And I did not want to, but I did. And within a few minutes, he had uh, just torn him in half. He'd split the O-ring. And this was before it was like really obvious that you could just get an O-ring and put him back together. And I was like, he's broke. I can't believe he broke barbecue the first day I have him. And I showed my uncle and he was like, here, let me take that for you. I'll, um... I'll get you a new one, and I'll, I'll make it up for you, but this uncle was always making promises like that, and as a matter of fact, I found the broken halves of barbecue in the garbage can in the guest room where he was staying for that weekend, and I have never, never got that replaced, so if you hear this, unk, you owe me two ninety seven for that still, and I remember, and I'm telling the whole world on the Toys R Us port, so that was kind of a bummer, and I, I had always wanted barbecue back, but I got him Got him just the other day at the flea market, so at least I have that going for me. I don't have his axe or his backpack or any of that stuff. I, I've always liked him. I, I, um, I dug how Bro had an axe. I remember that was what I was really into him about. I'm like, he's going to get that axe and he's just going to be slicing and dicing into Cobra. I might have been, I might have been a weird kid. I don't, I don't think there was any might about it. I probably was, but, uh. So, me and, uh, Barbecue are reignited, and it feels so good. I also got, I got the laser cannon, the G1 laser cannon. I forget, I forget what that's called, but I got that, and I got a, god, what are those small, uh, tanks called? I'm gonna have to look that up. Hold on one sec. Let's see. 
G.I. Joe small tank. I'm sorry if you can hear me typing away here. I apologize. I, sh I should have... I should have got this going ahead of time. I should have known. It is called the Armadillo. I got an Armadillo. These are small tanks. One person fits in the top, and then you can have, like, two people riding on the back. This has been maybe the third or fourth one. I know I have two already, and I think I've sold one in the past. They go for, like, 15, 16 bucks. They're nice, sturdy vehicle. They don't have any, like, easy-to-lose pieces. They don't have missiles. They're pretty fun. They're kind of on... I remember everybody had one. They were kind of on the cheaper side, so it was kind of a common toy to get over at the Ben Franks or whatever. You know what else I got that was, I was really jazzed about? I got a uh, boxed set of Card Wars, the Steve Jackson role-playing game. Do you guys know that one? It's like set in a dystopian future where there's no gas and people go around and they battle each other in their cars. It's kind of a kind of a fun role-playing game, and I was really into it in high school. What I got was the... Uh, it's the second edition. It comes in like this small plastic case. It's like, at the time, it was sort of a mini game, and they eventually expanded it, and they had, you know, a million different scenarios and maps and sets, but this is, this is the original small basic edition, and I had one way back in the day. I got it at Fantasy Books and Games here in Santa Rosa, and I've always, I've always wanted one. I could have got one, I guess. I looked on eBay. They only sell for like 20 bucks. I could have got one at any time, but it slipped my mind. I was so into this game, Car Wars. Did any any of you guys play that? It was by Steve Jackson Games. It was it was pretty fun. It was it was competitive. You could play scenarios where you'd have some kind of a mission that you would have to achieve, but for the most part it was just you battling your friends and their cars. It was really cool. You would have like these design specifications or standards that you would have to fit, you know, like the amount of weight and space in your car and you know, like it was separated by, you know, money. That was how you would separate your divisions. It might be like Division 25, which was like a car that cost 25000 or Division 50, and so on and so forth. And you would make your car and fight your friends. We used to do that, Sam. We had so much fun. That was that was how we spent lunch in high school for I don't even know how many years. We were, we were like making our Car Wars teams, and we would meet in the library, and we would play Car Wars. I... I actually won a small-time Car Wars tournament at Fantasy Books and Games when I was a kid. That was that was one of the highlights of my life. I still I still reminisce on that day. So that was the box. I had such a good time going through this and putting all the figures together. A lot of them had broken O-rings, and I got new O-rings over at the hardware store and put those back together, and that was fun. It was fun to match them up with their guns, and it was uh, it was also fun to sort through the cards. I went through everything and. I got, like, just about a full set of Tron cards. I'm missing, you know, maybe three or four. And there weren't that many wrestling cards, but the ones that they did have were stickers. I got this this absolutely insane Captain Lou Albano sticker. The guy looks like such a deviant. He has his shirt open, and he's eating food, and there's, like, all this food caught in his chest hair. He looks, it looks horrible. It's disgusting, but I like it. I'm going to stick it on my laptop. Uh, so... I think, uh, I think we're gonna get up out of here. This is, you know, I think this might be the longest edition of the TRU RPT to date. I don't know, I don't know how many shows have gone over an hour. I know that this boring life usually does, but the TRU RPT does not so much. Did you guys like the, uh, Qzar edition of this boring life? I had a lot of fun with that. I thought that was, a Really fun episode. If you haven't checked that out, do so right now. Also, make sure to check out 
Mr. Sensational Gino Vegas podcast. You can find that uh, on icerobots.com. That's I-S-E-E robots.com. You can find it on the IC Robots radio feed. It is just a fun show. The first episode, he talks about his origins, like about growing up here in Santa Rosa. And then the second one, he's talking about his uh, failures in skateboarding. And that episode is terrific. If you like, if you enjoyed this boring life and you like hearing stories about, you know, childhood and just things going wrong. It's just, you will love it. I, I highly recommend it. I'm not just saying that because it's on the network. It's actually, in my opinion, one of the better retro style shows out there right now. It's just fantastic. Uh, if you're listening to this, Gino Vega, big up. Um, go check that out. You can follow him. He's Mr. Sensational on Twitter. You can follow me at IC Robots on Twitter, but the main way I get things out there is on Facebook. So that's facebook.com backslash I see robots I S E E robots go do that today make sure to tell a friend the big goal this year is to get as many ears on the show as we can get so please if you know somebody who you think you might want to check this out let them know man just spread the word do what you can do retweet the links do all that kind of stuff so I think we're going to get up out of here. So next week, I think we're going to have something fun. We're going to have another top five list. Of course, we're going to have a bit of movie talk, but don't worry. It's not going to be an overwhelming thing like it's been the past few weeks. We are going to take a look at the top five breakfast cereals of all the times as determined by me. I, I'm i a cereal fanatic. I love Captain Crunch. I love Cocoa Krispies. I love Honey Nut Cheerios. I... I like them all, cinnamon toast crunch, and we're gonna we're gonna look into that, and we are going to determine what are the five most delicious, five most desirable cereals of all the time. So go uh go follow me on Twitter right now at IC Robots. Go go send me a tweet at IC Robots and let me know what is a cereal you enjoy. This will all be taken into consideration. Hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com backslash IC Robots, I-S-E-E Robots. Help us out on Twitter. That's another goal. We gotta get the tweets up. We gotta get the followers up. So if you don't follow me now, go follow me now like that. Uh, help us out on Patreon. I'm asking a lot this week. It's just the way it is. So with all that said, this is me, IC Robots, signing off episode number 105. That's a good number. 105. Uh, if you don't know, now you know. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported indie If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, Please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.